Alrighty, folks, here we are, your humble hosers. We're back once again for another fun-filled episode. Get you through the week. Me and the Savage One, the Savage Stir, and me, your Canadian Info Warrior. Here we are. Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal! Hey, there's a new one I haven't heard you say yet. <laughs> Guns of Navarone, baby! Guns of Navarone! <laughs> yeah. So, it's been a, another an interesting week. week in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to these uh, race riots, uh, you know, really blowing up in Canada the way they are in the States, because we definitely need to thin out the herd and... What a better way to thin out the herd than to have, you know, people killing corrupt cops and corrupt cops killing a bunch of fucking commie protesters. <laughs> so, it's like, well, you know, kill- if the if the corrupt cops would stick to the commie protesters instead of the seventy five year old men that are just saying bad words to them, you know, that might be a little better. Yeah, I saw that video. What a what a shit show! And then the whole and, and, they, and they just they were walking away from them. The, the cop that pushed him down was shaking his head as if to say, yeah, that's what you get, Bell. Yeah, cracks like, his head open. 75-year-old man, they shove yeah. him to the cracks and, his and head. And the second cop reaches down to check on him, and just he's about to keep on walking, too. And then I guess he spotted the blood at the last minute there and decided to radio in for assistance. Fucking guys. Oh, just a shit show. And, and then the, 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 what I heard afterwards was the... The entire tactical unit uh, resigned in protest to the fact they were getting shit on for that. Oh well, that's no. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo Buffalo State, uh, whatever they call themselves, tactical unit, were uh, resigned. I thought you were going to tell me they resigned in protest of what that one cop did. No, <laughs> no, they... no, can't have that. That would make no. too much sense. I've been getting a lot of flack on uh, Facebook from uh, from some dummies that uh, didn't like my my comments because you know I look at it from both sides of the fence and I see I see the police brutality, the overreach, and the fucking uh, just the difference between like good cop and a pig cop. Yeah. But I also from the other side, uh, you know, I also see. You know, what happened, it was supposed to be Martin Luther King-style peaceful protests, and instead we're getting these guys, you know, probably sponsored uh, Antifa, George Soros, Communist Party, anarchists, that are, uh, oh, let's let's go beat up on innocent people, let's loot and steal and burn cars. Well, that's the thing, eh? Most of the looting and the trashing and everything is being done by the white people agitators basically not by the black protesters but any any of the stuff done by the black protesters it's usually egged on by these antifa that's right i mean there have been some of the black protesters participating in that too but it pretty much got started by the white agitators yeah and you find out that the a lot of these ones are these freaking university leftist marxist uh radicals they've been indoctrinated and uh, you know, and then they get in there, and uh, you got. Well, that's these... what happens when you only have one year of philosophy instead of all four or all eight. 
You know, by the time you get to the end of your education, you've got more information that balances out what you were told in the first year. But the first year, they're always being taught this radical stuff. You know, well, I find, I find it's with- like goodwill hunting. Remember the scene in Goodwill Hunting where the guy's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so says this, and then Matt Damon's like, oh, yeah, well, have you read this yet? You know, of course not. You're not going to get to that until next year. Well, that was actually a true portrayal of the way a lot of those university courses work is that they teach them that crazy shit in the first year. They don't hear about the stuff that balances it out until the second or third year, and then they're like, Oh, so that's what they meant in the first year. You know, th- this balances it out and makes sense. Okay, but the first year they're all full of piss and vinegar because of what they've read. You know, I just find that with the university system that you got so many of these bullshit degrees that these guys are in there for, like you say, four years, eight years, career fucking students, hundreds, of, you know, at least a hundred grand or more in debt when they get done, and yeah. then they're you know, their degree lands them, you know, the best they can hope for is a fucking job as a barista at Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. You know, Swinging and then philosophy and lattes. You know, with their fucking man bun or their pink purple fucking yeah. hair and thinking they know more than anybody. And yet, yeah, you're so fucking smart that you, uh, you took a course that has no real job value yeah. and, uh, and now, and now you're going to be slinging coffee for the next 30 years, paying off your university debt when you could have gone to trade school. Or if you're going to take a university course, take one in, in like fields that are good paying and have openings, yep. medicine, law, science, whatever, like rocket science, <laughs> you know, architecture, engineering, what yep. have you. But no, we're gonna, you know, and even go for philosophy and uh, and social studies and uh, gender studies. Yeah, 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 ridiculous. But you know, by the same token, these banks—they're all part of the scam too, because we shouldn't be having. Because the banks are like, well, yeah, go ahead and take those useless courses. We don't mind. We want your money. Yeah, we'll loan you the money, and you know that it's all part of the debt slavery game. Yeah, yeah, no problem there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, you were mentioning before we went live. I hear you had a little fun at uh, post office. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to anyone that happens to be viewing or listening to this from the United States, you know, uh, we have a drugstore chain called Shoppers Drug Mart. Uh, much like the American uh, CVS or Walgreens. And, you know, it's typical of a drugstore chain. They got, like, you know, your grocery items, your prescription aisles, vitamins. And then we also have our uh, our postal service outlets in many of these locations, Canada Post. So I went there to uh, mail a parcel to my children and because of this stupid uh, pandemic virus bullshit slash hoax, as I call it, uh, you know, I went there, I hadn't mailed anything in a while, and I forgot that they probably would have different hours now because of the pandemic. I was already dreading what possible protocols were going to be in place for just going in there. So I go there, and usually... you. You know, nine nine thirty, you can fucking mail out a parcel there. Well, 
sign was up, not open till 11. Well, I had walked over there, and it was a good 20-minute walk from my place, and I didn't feel like walking back home, carrying this heavy parcel, and then going back again. So I just figured I'd shop around and, and whatnot. Oh, no, 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 can't, can't be, uh, we got too many people in the store right now. Oh, Go. yeah. So, and they set up the, these lines that went out the door, and like every six feet, and uh, so I, already I'm in an agitated state. <laughs> the person ahead of me, uh, just it was just a, this was set up for failure for me. I, I'll tell you, person in front of me, wheelchair, face mask, purple hair, <laughs> service dog, which was a Chihuahua. But it had the service dog vest and everything. Uh, couldn't look any more angry at my presence being near her. If she, you know, and then behind me was a ninety-year-old woman who now had to stand out, outside in the heat and wait. Yeah, and she was complaining about her low blood sugar. And so I got the attention of the, I'll call him the door Nazi. <laughs> but the door Nazi, you know, this uh, worker there who had, of course, the face mask. Of they have course. To, have the virtue signal. Yeah. So I approached him and he got all creeped out. And I said, look, lady behind me is 90 years old. She's complaining about her blood sugar being low. The makeup counter was nearby. I says, "Then why don't you grab that that empty uh, chair from the? You know, it's one of those high chairs for the makeup right. counter." I said, "Let her let her borrow that chair if you're not going to let her in, and she could sit in there. And when it's her turn, I'll bring her chair up." Ooh, you can't have that. Leave the store and go out into the parking. I'm like, "Well, she can take my spot and go ahead then." And and then that was causing a kerfuffle because I was letting someone cut cut ahead. Well, oh my I'm, goodness! I'm second in line, so the only person she's cutting in front of is me. Yeah, because the lady in the wheelchair was getting dibs on the first. Uh, the rest of them are all behind her anyway. And then I noticed the inconsistency and failing of their policy with our protocol, because it was just us people that had to utilize the the Canada Post the post office, we were the only ones being made to stand outside in line to wait to use the post office. But if oh, you had really? to, but if you had to go in to buy something off the shelves, like yeah. the grocery, grocery, vitamins, uh, or get your prescription, well, then you were allowed in. Yeah, go right ahead. And I says, well, I was in there trying to shop when I noticed uh, you know, that you guys weren't open yet. So I was shopping when you guys forced me to stand outside and now these people that have come well after me, they're being allowed in now just because they said they're not using the post office and they're in there. Yeah. So it, says, it seems to me if it's all about the almighty dollar, you're okay with the, the traffic. Yeah, exactly. But if we're just utilizing Canada Post, which you don't profit from, then uh, then you make us stand outside and wait in the, yeah. here out in the hot asphalt out in the Was parking. it the one near you or the one near me? Uh, the one near me and over by uh, that. Yeah, by the old hospital. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Because I was so, going to say, if it was the one near me, I know the owner, and and she's always there on day shift, and if you went and talked to her, things would have changed pretty damn quick. So then 11 o'clock rolls around, and I, let's, you know, I'd been there for over an hour in line, still not open, and I, I said, get me the manager. So Buddy goes, gets me the manager, I said, what's the holdup? And, you know, because we can't see because we're outside. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you know, we, we're short-staffed and we're trying to get someone to come in for the... Well, Meanwhile, you've got all these people waiting outside. And, you know, normally, like I said, this post office before the pandemic, you know, 9 o'clock, you, yeah. you'd be able Or whenever the store opening. And now it's past 11 and still not open. So, you know, I'm having... And then... There just happened to be some guy from corporate doing oh. a doing a walkthrough, and you know he's got the suit done, and of course he's got the face mask as the of course. but big fat guy, but he's got the suit looking all official, and I see him, you know, pointing at aisles and lecturing people, and you know telling them how they should you know run the store. Right. So I call him over. I go, excuse me says you from corporate and he says yeah i am i'm like so i explain the situation i go tell me how this makes sense he says you know i tell tell him everything that happened and he gives me some fucking bullshit fucking politically correct uh, answer about about the pandemic and i go well then everyone should be standing out in line not just uh, the people people accessing canada both the people are because I, you know, and then guys are blowing past the door Nazi, telling them, you know, fuck you, buddy, I got to get something. I'm on my lunch break or whatever. Fuck yeah. you, buddy. And they just blew right by and nothing happened to them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I go, when finally the lady comes in, I get, I get uh, paged and uh, I look behind me to the 90 year old woman. Well, now She's sitting, sitting on the, I managed to get the chair out to her. So now she's sitting on the chair and she's fanning herself. And I'm just like, oh my God, she's going to die right here in the yeah, parking. Yeah, no kidding. So I said, ma'am, you can go ahead of me. Oh no, dear. Hi, you got here before me. I'm like, now, now we got to go through this. Eh? I got to look like a goof and go ahead of you when yeah. clearly, clearly you're in more, distressed than i am yeah and all the people behind oh let her go ahead and i'm like i'm trying to let her go ahead of me for fuck's sakes <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> you know, it's turning into a thing right yeah so you know, I, I, i've been in a very similar situation where you're yelling at the other people yeah i'm trying to mind your own freaking business i'm trying to be a nice guy you know but she she's telling me to go ahead well, if I was you, I wouldn't. I'm like, I got here an hour before her, okay? I'm being a nice guy trying to get her ahead <laughs> yeah. of me. And what business is it of yours, you fucking idiots? Uh, I just, I was ready, to, I was ready to throw down. Like, I was like, come on, yeah. you, you motherfuckers. Oh, like, oh, I was ready to go, man, because I was just, I was ready to punch out the door Nazi, the store manager, the fucking corporate, corporate guy. Corporate guy. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, and then this old bag I was trying to, who was knocking on death's door. I'm trying to do her a solid and she's making me look bad. So I was ready to knock her. I was ready to clothesline her off the fucking chair and be like, okay, you're, you know, let me put you out of your misery, you old yeah. crow. <laughs> you know, just, and then and then I'd be rumbling with everyone in the parking lot like that. I just had zero fucks left to give, right? Well, finally I go to, you know, I get paged. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. So I went up. And so everyone's got to stand in line out, out the door. Yeah. I'm getting, and you know how the way these shoppers are laid out, the shoppers drug marts, the Canada Post is in the back of the store. Yeah. So I'm literally going from the entrance all the way to the back 40 of the store. They, like there could have been people standing in line in there. Right. Just, just do the six feet apart or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So I'll do my two minute, two, you know, basically two hours to do a two minute transaction. <laughs> and then when I left, I'm going out the outdoor and the door Nazi standing at the indoor. He sees me leaving and he's like, thank you. Like, like a phony cunt that he is. You know, thank you for your patience, sir. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you, you fucking idiot. I go, you, you guys are fucking morons. Hoax 2020. It's just the flu, brah. Oh, and then I walked out. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, so that's my uh, my uh, shopper's drug mart mailing out a package story. Now, that was uh, certainly sounded like it was an entertaining day. <clears throat> Not to mention that was, you know, that was uh, you know, a couple of days back when it was really hot, eh? Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was I thought like that 27 or 28 that day. Which for you Americans is fucking hot. Yeah, like Celsius. Yeah, yeah, Celsius. Like Fahrenheit, that's what? Fucking, I don't know. What, 85? Anyway, 80, 85, yeah. yeah. Something like that. And then, you know, you, you, you figure the hot parking lot asphalt, that it'll be 20 degrees hotter. Yeah. Here's this old bag just fucking knocking on death's door. Oh, my blood sugar. I'm like... Do you not have any grandkids that could fucking mail shit out for you? They're like, why are you ninety years old and and running fucking errands anyways? Like, that's crazy. <clears throat> well, either she's stubborn or she doesn't have any family that's worth a shit to help her. Yeah, because Lord knows, Lord knows when I'm ninety, I well, I, I'm not going to make ninety. Number one and number two, <laughs> even even if I did. Austin you know, better be pulling his weight, man. <laughs> yeah, he better be pulling his weight, or he's out of the will. Yeah, <laughs> inherit my fucking uh, my my shitty out of date laptop or whatever yeah. I. <laughs> I'm not gonna whatever have you happen to have by that time. Yeah, whatever meager belongings I have left, Lord he, knows he I can. Won't. He can inherit your uh, your budget brand uh elon musk brain uh implant <laughs> yeah because i'll get the i'll get the kmart uh <clears throat> yeah <laughs> kmart uh microchip eh yeah yeah so yeah that was uh that was my uh my fun day at uh at the post office gotta love it gotta love yeah. it and then um, there was uh, i can't say i've had anything comparable happen to me this week <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's actually been a pretty calm week for me. I uh, rather enjoyed my Wednesday night at work because they gave me a newer car, and I'll tell yes. you that newer model of uh, Chevy Impala's the I guess would be the 2015 and up. 
boy, are those ever nice cars, man. Really nice seats in them. Like those seats, the, the kind of almost like racing buckets that just hug your body and your ass doesn't get sore after 12 hours. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> air conditioning was good? Oh, yeah. Air conditioning was good. It had Bluetooth audio, so I didn't have to use any extra devices to sync my phone. And there the Bluetooth go. sync was instant. Like I use a... <clears throat> Where is it? I'll show you here. I use this little device right here okay and this is just bluetooth it plugs into the uh, auxiliary port on your stereo and then yeah. you just turn it on and it's bluetooth gets picked up by your phone but the problem with this thing is every time i uh, go to get out of the car i gotta shut this off so i gotta remember to do that then when i get back in i gotta turn it back on then i gotta wait for the stupid thing to pair up again well with that car you know, just shut it off because it's the car. And when I got back in, it was like as soon as the car started and the radio powered up, boom, my music was playing off my phone. I was like, wow, that's impressive. That's fast. Because <laughs> I don't have that in my truck. I've got, uh, I've got Bluetooth uh, hands-free for the phone, but it doesn't have Bluetooth audio in my truck. Okay. <clears throat> So that was kind of a nice feature of the car. The only thing the car didn't have working right was the uh, backup camera. But uh, our foreman told me that the backup camera never did work in that car ever since they bought it. So. Do you have any real yeah, wacky... Nice car, all leather interior too. Oh. <laughs> How about uh, any wacky customers recently? No, not really. <laughs> That's all been pretty calm lately. I, I, I lead a boring life. You, you nice. want to know how boring my life is? My excitement this week was that I got a new lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not even really new, but it's newer than mine was. Mine, the, uh, the body was starting to rot out around one of the wheel wells. So you try to push the damn thing and it just leans into the grass where the body is rotting because it's flexing from the rust because it's half off. <laughs> so you got the mower body here and this is the wheel mount and it's doing this on you you know <laughs> not good no so, bueno uh, yeah a friend of my landlord there he had a uh, a good used mower and in really good shape like excellent shape and uh so i gave him 80 bucks for that yesterday i cut my grass uh Two days ago, or was it? No, it was yesterday. What am I thinking? I think it was yesterday, yeah. I'm probably going to do mine after we finish here. <laughs> I lose track of time. So, uh, so yeah, you know, that's, that leads me to another story. So, I've been borrowing, because uh, I've, you know, I got this rickety 1920s old push thingy, and, and the grass around here, just to, just to cut it, you know, you have to do like three laps over the same strip. Yeah. Takes you three times. I've got as one long. of those old manual push mowers. They're no fun. So I'm like, fuck that shit. Uh, one of my coffee chums there, the McCormick, uh, Scotty McCormick. He doesn't. My he'll love that I mention his name. By the way, he's 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 wanting to be famous. So uh, I borrowed borrowed his lawnmower, and uh, so he drops it off. We shoot the shit for a bit, and then uh, I'm using his mower. And you know, with my location. Right across, there's that fucking lovely park. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm I'm doing working on the boulevard, 
trimming the grass. Then two of the most fucking white trash looking motherfuckers, no shirts, all tatted up, 140 pounds soaking wet each. <laughs> muscle definition, but no muscle. Yeah, like they call it skinny fat. Skinny yeah. Fat. yeah. So and they're all tatted up, 20-somethings, and yet not a tooth in their face because of their meth addiction. So they got they got the face of a seventy year old toothless retiree, with these fucking you know scrawny ass decrepit uh, crack bodies, and then one of them, he's got like a pimp cane, like no word of a lie, he's he's walking around with a pimp cane, but there ain't nothing wrong with his legs, you know, and he's like <laughs> shucking and jiving. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are really screaming out for the cops' attention here, like yeah. just. And uh, and you know they they do a drug deal the at the park. After anyway. Oh, and they did a drug deal right in front of me across the street at the park as I'm moaning, and one of them's waving at me. And I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> the guy's like, "What's that, buddy?" And I go, Fuck. "Oh, I'm trying to get tough." Yeah, I'm like the two of you put together don't even weigh what I weigh. <laughs> and he says, he says, you're fucking cracked out bodies. I'll, I'll fucking beat the shit out of both of you. I don't care. I'll fucking run you over with this fucking mower. What do you think of that? So they're like, oh, whatever. And they chirped as they walked. They, they walked away from me. You know, they got the hell out of there, but they were chirping the whole time. You know, like telling me how tough they were while they were retreating. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I finished finished cutting the grass. And, uh, and then... There's a couple of real beauties at the park there. The this one gal, uh, well, the, one was a native gal and the other one was a white girl. But uh, the the white girl, ninety pounds soaking wet, another crack crackhead meth head, and uh, she had one of these Bluetooth speakers, and it was just fucking blaring like gangster rap. Oh, lovely. So, and then her friend, the native gal, she had one of these like crop tops, but she had a belly bigger than mine. Uh huh. With, with tattoo over the navel. Oh. Uh, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> over her belly button there. I'm just like, oh, the, it was so disgusting, buddy. I was just like, oh, what am I looking at here? Yeah. Like, it's like a circus sideshow at my place. I, I literally live in the ghetto. Oh, yeah. I am in that, the ghetto. Uh, that fire, that wasn't across the street from you, eh? That was the one street over? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I hope you, you weren't getting too much background noise. My fucking fridge motor there, that, that'll be the next thing that conks out. Every, oh, 20, every 20 minutes or so, the fridge motor kicks in, and it just like, the, the, the it drives my kids nuts when I'm on Skype uh, face chat with them there. And, oh, yeah. Because they, they could hear this humming in the background of the fucking fridge. <laughs> yeah, definitely got to talk to your landlord about that. Uh, there's too too many things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> my, my life is a thing uh, to talk about, let me tell when you. I, uh, when I first heard about that fire, I thought it was actually your pilot neighbor there. But then I heard <laughs> the street and it wasn't them. <laughs> Yeah, they're one of the few natives. It's funny, in my immediate corner, because I'm right on the corner of my block, so I'm the corner house and then the house directly across the street and the uh, the, the pilot who lives one door over. Yeah. 
those immediate neighbors of mine, fucking salt of the earth, good people. They got families. Fucking the rest of my block and the block after it, it is just fucking combination of uh, of like freaking uh, sweatshop labor, immigrants, uh, druggies, yeah. uh, fucking gangbangers, uh, junkie scum, welfare bums. Like it, yep. it's a it's a lovely, lovely area. I gotta <laughs> tell you, this is what this is what fellas. This is what divorce gets you. It gets you a fucking. <laughs> ghetto apartment in the ghetto while while your ex lives comfortably with the new fella that she traded up for all the while still feeding off your atm card yeah uh, yeah and it's 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 great i mean uh, i'm the living, i'm the living example of why migdow is a thing so, what couldn't be better what couldn't be better you know yeah. Yeah, there's the benefits of of uh, of marriage summed up in a nutshell for you. Is uh, when it's all over, you get left holding the bag. They don't have any responsibility in the demise of the marriage, but they get the benefit 100% from the yeah. failure failure of it. So yeah, even when it's their fault, you know, that's the way that goes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I.e. infidelity. <clears throat> Does that have something to do with records? <laughs> it's not uh, high fidelity. It's infidelity. Yeah, Ario <laughs> Speedwagon. That was a good album. That was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, to, to any young millennials, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> and they that were was, awesome in concert, I gotta say, man. They I was front row center for that, and they were just amazing. Dave Amato was, like, posing for my buddy Louie next to me. Louie's got his cell phone up trying to take pictures, and Dave Amato comes right up to the edge of the stage posing for him, and that was cool. Yeah, I seen Ario Speedwagon when they played the CLE uh, Canadian Lincoln Exhibition uh, back in the day, and Jeff Healy was the opening act. And that's when Jeff... I remember that year. And that was when Angel Eyes first yeah. came out. He was he was the man. Yeah. You know, it was before he before he went through that that whole faggy jazz blues phase, uh, and he was still rocking out. And uh, what was hilarious was he was opening for Ario Speedwagon, but when he came out, you know, he's doing one of these you know speaker blowing fucking solos, and all of a sudden you hear this fucking pop. And one of the speakers is smoldering, and Ario Speedwagon's got to go. And they were sharing, I guess, the same equipment. Yeah. Uh, the speakers went up. So Jeff Healy blew out their speakers, and they had to come <laughs> on up. So they had a slight delay as they tried to fix that up. But Ario Speedwagon played a hell of a show. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw know. them when they played the auditorium here about 10 years ago. Nice. Probably more than that. <laughs> You know, like that, that was our era, though. Like I grew up on bands like Boston. Yeah, I think it would have been like around two thousand six or seven, something like that, probably. But like my the band, the, the concerts and bands, you know, and especially you know, not just the the ones I attended as a as a customer, but even working concert security, like yeah. the list the list of concerts I've seen through the years, like Leonard Skinnerd. 
REO Speedwagon, Boston, Journey, Foreigner. I seen a double bill of Journey and Foreigner at the gardens. Hmm. Fucking, uh, well, Prism. Yeah. You know, there's an iconic Canadian band, Prism. I saw a double bill of uh, Helix and Honeymoon Suite way nice. back in the day at the gardens. Like we're nice. talking 82, 83 maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was around the time I saw my first concert, uh, and that was this will make a lot. My cousin's older brother took us to it. Yeah, <laughs> we were around the same same age basically, and I remember my first concert as a kid, the Corey Hart. Oh uh, yeah, sunglasses at night yeah, tour. Yeah, I went to that one. <laughs> and we then didn't there know was, each other back then, but I was there. And then the following concert is follow follow up the Never Surrender tour. Yeah, yeah, that at the Garden saw that as a twelve, thirteen year old, whatever. Yeah, and then after after that, that was the end of the fucking faggy music. I was all Actually, rock. I think it was the Never Surrender tour. I was I was at not the uh, sunglasses at night. But even as a young kid, I was smart enough to know. This guy's a heartthrob, and it's going to be 90% broads at the concert. <laughs> so that's why I went as a fucking 12-year-old, is I'm like, hey, I want to I wanna be there because that's where all the chicky poos are going to be. I remember <laughs> at uh, like 12 or 13 years old, I was baked watching Helix when they opened for Honeymoon Suite because my, <laughs> my cousin's older brother and his friend were smoking up beside us, and we were getting it. <laughs> yeah, you got a hot box, you got hot box eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but after that, it was all like from you know all the years bouncing. Uh, I fuck uh, did when I was bouncing at Scuttlebutts, and we had uh, Lover Boy, and uh, me and my buddy Nick, big big. Well, we called him Little Nicky, but he was like six foot six, handlebar mustache. Yeah. Shout shout out to Nick Temple. So we, it, him and I, got assigned to walk the band off the stage out the back door and into the into the hotel and uh it was it was awesome because mike reno and uh that was his name paul frenette or whatever the drummer yeah or Guy frenette something like that the the drummer they they were chatting away and i guess they weren't the weren't the biggest fans of tragically hip at the time eh? oh yeah for whatever reason who knows rock and roll right so uh, the drummer for Lover Boy, he was doing an impression of uh, of Gord Downey, eh? and he's like, "I don't get why this guy's so fucking famous. He can't fucking sing." And he starts doing this bang on impression, like that shot a movie once. <laughs> just, oh, he had me in stitches. You remember Nick and Centennial Brothers? They they used to be heavy bodybuilders. They were bouncers, native guys. I don't know. I don't remember their last name, but Nick and Centennial were their first names. But anyway, Centennial was uh, with us at that uh, Helix honeymoon suite double bill. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was Centennial and Bill that took us. Yeah. Well, then the Scuttlebutts. I bounced at Scuttlebutts. Uh, Golden Nugget in Towner. Uh, Silver Saddles, Silverado, uh, Roxy's. I made I made the rounds at all the yeah. Armani's. Out of all the bars, I hated Armani's because it was just a Guido yeah. dance Guido dance club, and you couldn't throw anybody out because 
it was all like Italian dudes and they all knew the owner and it was like, yep. hey, you can't throw him out. That's my cousin, Tony Macaroni yeah. or whatever. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, the guy's calling me a cocksucker to my face. And, yeah. You know, and getting all like. And it's because they all think fuck. they're made. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, I literally, so I didn't last long there because I don't put up with that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, that was the end of me there. My favorite was always the Golden Nugget. Cause that, that was, was like, why I didn't last at the Louie. You can't <laughs> throw him out. Well, fuck, I'll throw myself out then. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, you, see you later, Ronnie G. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Those, but those bands, like, they don't make them like that anymore. Now they're no. all, like, like, just brutal. Like, there's very few new bands that I, I really get into, like, a you know, like what's a, and these bands aren't even that new, but I've just caught on to them in recent years. Bands like the Sheepdogs, that's a Canadian yeah. band. They're not too shabby. And fuck, what's another one? I like, of course, I like a lot of these. Uh, you know, the I got that infusion of Newfoundlander. Yeah, you know, those guys. Like, I, I love Shani Ganuk and a couple of the others. Spirit of the West. Those guys are good. Yeah, Shani Ganuk, uh, fucking uh, love, love Great Big C, and well yeah. now, now it's Alan Doyle because he's he was basically Great Big C, and now he's flying solo. So right. uh, yeah, and then uh, what's what's another good one? Well, if you like good comedy, uh, Buddy, what's his name, and yeah. the other films, <laughs> yeah, there is there is good, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know the. Now it's all just uh, synthesized. You know uh, what a Yammy is, don't you? That's a <laughs> Ski-Doo with a 454 Chevy on her. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually driven by a Skeet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like now, no, it's all like auto-tune, synthesized, yeah. fake-ass fucking shit computer-generated music. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not it was done. okay, with, you know, in the night or in the '80s when there was a lot of bands going for the electronic, you know, and, and a lot of people were complaining about that too. You got electronic synthesized guitar, synthesized drums, and synthesized piano, but it still sounded good, you know. Like, yeah. That's what Larry Gowan did. Larry Gowan was all about the synthesized stuff. He had the electronic drums. He had the 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 keyboard. He, you know. He had some guitarists, some real guitarists in the band, too. But, I mean, they did have a lot of the synthesized stuff, but it's not synthesized like it is today. You know, today everything is just produced by the machines. Well, speaking of Larry Gowan, he's carved out a pretty good niche for himself the last decade plus being a lead singer of Sticks now, right? And he sounds so much like Dennis DeYoung, you know. Like a lot of people don't know the reason why uh, Larry is lead singer of Sticks. The, there wasn't a falling out with the band. It's just that the rest of the band wanted to tour, and Dennis didn't want to tour anymore. Dennis never liked touring, so they yeah. made a deal, and uh, Larry liked touring, so he came in and took Dennis's place. But and there was Dennis, no falling out with the band or anything like that. Yeah, and I think with Dennis DeYoung, he if he if he was going to do anything on a regular basis. He wanted to be more like a Las Vegas lounge act, yeah, and 
not rock and roll. He wanted to be like show tunes, have like a regular spot. Yeah, he, he had a different direction he wanted to go. But and like they I say, to... it wasn't a falling out with the band where everybody hated each other or anything like that. It was just differing artistic direction. But I, I, I marvel at uh, you go on YouTube and look at you know, look up some of Gowan's performances with Sticks. Not only is he doing the Sticks catalog, he's still but doing his own stuff too. He'll throw in Criminal, criminal mind. mind and yeah, yeah, and and people are acting like, holy fuck, that's a great Sticks song. It's like, no, that's a Larry <laughs> Gowan original. Yeah, but uh, they the band loved it so much they told him that you know you, you put that in uh, the rotation. And, I remember uh, one time I was in the car with my dad and uh, Criminal Mind came on the radio and he says, he says, I know those guys. I said, do you? He says, yeah. He says, they used to play out at the Alpine all the time when my dad's, my dad's uh, aunt and uncle, Ralph and Alice, used to own it. Well, Alice and Ralph, if I'm going to say aunt and uncle, <laughs> they used to own the Alpine for a few years there. And, and my dad said, yeah, they used to book Gowan all the time before those guys got famous. We used to have them play in there all the time. <laughs> but I was like 12 or 13 when Gowan got famous. So, you know, I was never old enough to have seen them in the bar at the Alpine. <laughs> and then notice how, like, I wonder what kind of residuals uh, uh, Gowan gets from Louder with Crowder because Strange Animal was like, uh, you know, Crowder's uh, practically his theme song yeah. there. <laughs> Because you couldn't go go a crowd a louder with Crowder ep- episode without hearing Strange Animal on there for for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, you probably uh, had to pay some good residuals for that. Some of that Glenn Beck money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, how did that Glenn Beck? He was failing miserably on his own, and then all of a sudden, he's got the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, yeah. louder, Crowder. He's got those that Duck Dynasty guy. He's got all these fucking guys that made it on their own, and he he sucked them into his network, and he's like taking a cut of the action. That's a pretty good racket he's got going. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Alex Jones too, in a way. I mean, Alex <laughs> built himself up from nothing. Get a give him credit for that. But now yeah. that he's been deplatformed, a lot of his uh, stream, a lot of his revenue stream is coming from the other guys that he's got working for him that aren't deplatformed yet. You know? Yeah, he's got that Liberty hangout chick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Caitlin. Paul Joseph Watson. Paul Joseph Watson. David Knight. Uh, and, Owen, then, and then there's uh, Owen Benjamin, yeah. And, no, no, I was going to say uh, Owen Schroyer. Oh, right, Owen Schroyer, yeah. But then Call there's him. also the guys that don't actually work with Alex in Texas. They've got their own shows, but they're on Alex's network just yeah. like Crowder is on the blaze and shit like that. And, you know, you got guys that have never met Jank are on the TYT network, the same type of thing, you know, uh, David, the David Knight shows a staple. He's even got his lawyer now has a show called uh, American countdown. Yeah. So Alex Jones's lawyer, Robert Barnes now has like an hour and a half show. See, I've always thought Steven Crowder's lawyer should have his own show. Yeah, half Asian half, lawyer. half hour with the half Asian lawyer. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That would be good. Half hour with half Asian Bill Richmond, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Is it Richmond? Am I? Did I say yeah, that I think right? Yeah, Bill I think so. Or Bill Richmond, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, like... actually, I'm surprised uh, Sven Computer there doesn't have anything big going yet. Or Crowder's other side, former sidekick, not Gay Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think the you never them, hear from them. No, you'd think the two of them would have had something big after splitting with. But then again, they probably signed some sort of agreement with him that they can't. Yeah, I'll that's bet what you I any heard. money he made them sign something. You're exactly right because Owen Benjamin. I was watching an Owen Benjamin stream, and he said that uh, that there was a NDA agreement or whatever, non-disclosure yeah. or no non-compete clause. Yeah. So, Something That's like what it two, would have to be. Like a two-year thing. Like you can't fucking uh, go Basically work for. Basically, can't have their own show or or work for any competing network. Go to no. work for the Young Turks or something. You can't do that. And it's a shame about not Gay Jared getting the heave ho because to me he was the best sidekick. Because yeah. Crowder, he would do anything. Like Crowder would have them cross-dressing and doing weird shit and yeah. all their skits, the, the abuse he took in the skits that they would do. You see yeah. the one where they were the carpenters and he was Karen Carpenter? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Just look up the, the Louder with Crowder uh, Carpenter par- parody. Yeah. And guess guess who played Karen Carpenter, not yeah. Gay Jared, the little twink that he is. So. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty pretty hysterical. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's this. I tell you, uh, we're we're living in clown world. There was something uh, Crowder said on uh, one of his shows recently. I can't remember what it was now. It was something to do with the uh, police brutality, and there was uh, a shooting of somebody. Somebody got shot, and and Crowder says. I hope it wasn't with a Walther. <laughs> yeah, their sponsor. You know, he just loves Walther, and that's his sponsor. He loves mm-hmm. their guns. Can't blame them. They make good guns. Yeah. <laughs> if well, it, uh, Canada was more like the U.S., I'd probably own a few Walthers. I had one once. <laughs> well, and that, that gets gets me to... Uh, what you, would you think of, of our good buddy there, our, our beloved... Much loved, and I say this sarcastically, of course, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau bending the knee for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And everyone that has half a brain hasn't forgotten his blackface scandal. Yeah. So this was total pandering, hypocrisy at its best, this fake phony douchebag because he knows that Trump's, uh, it's a PR disaster in the States for Trump, the handling of this. So he's going to pounce on the other way. So he pounces on it. He's like, I'm going to make a spectacle and I'm going to go and drop to a knee and, and kiss the ass of black lives matter. Yeah. But it's like, buddy, you're fake and a fraud. Everybody, everybody that's got half a fucking brain cell remembers your blackface even scandal. With, even without the blackface scandal, even if you want to accept the whole defense that, oh, it was over 20 years ago or whatever, even if you want to accept that, okay, let's pretend we're going to accept that for a minute. He's still a fake piece of shit. Everything he does is fake. Everything he does is, is, is for 
the performance of it. He's a fucking drama teacher, for Christ's sake. He knows performance. Yeah, he's a douche. And he comes off. I just don't understand how so many people are blinded to this. The, the I call it douchebaggery. Yeah. The, the douchebaggery of this guy. Because he comes off like such a phony fraud. But I guess I guess to a lot of these uh, white liberal women, they just see this hunky guy and they're like, "Oh, we just love you, Justin. Yeah. You're a, you're a feminist, yeah. and now and now you care about the blacks." And it's like, uh, "Here's here's his uh, college, uh, you know, yeah. folk there him in blackface." Oh, he was just you know, and they and they hem and haw and yeah. make up excuse, and it's like. No, this is the true nature of the beast here. Like this is a fake piece of garbage. But because you know, twenty years ago, almost thirty years ago, you and I were in high school too, and yeah. that wasn't speaking for myself personally. That's not something I would have ever even considered back then. And I'm not just saying that in in hindsight of all the people who have been caught doing it in recent years. It, it's just not something I would have done back then. Oh, no, like, we knew the, even the only reason it was even acceptable when Al Jolson did it was because it was a whole racist thing where you couldn't have black people performing. And so if you wanted to have black people performing, it had to be white people in blackface. Yeah, that's the only reason Al Jolson got away with it. And that was back in the 20s, for Christ's sake. Like, yeah. even, you know, even back in the 80s when we were in high school, I wouldn't have even considered doing something like that. That's just and, not a, a costume that would have crossed my mind. I wouldn't have thought of putting on an Indian headdress either. You know, even I then got, we had a better sense of cultural appropriation. Yeah, I got pretty agitated going on Facebook and seeing uh, you know, a couple of relatives of mine that have this fucking, uh, you know, in the States they call it Trump derangement syndrome. Well, here uh, we, we seem to, in Canada, we seem to have this, this fucking rose-colored glasses for Trudeau uh, yeah. syndrome. It's like uh, he can. It's it's like his press conferences are basically word salad. Yeah. He's saying he's saying nothing. A whole lot of gobbledygook. A lot of touchy-feely bullshit, but no substance. Yep. They've lost track of how much money they've spent. He answers no that. questions directly. No, you, and you he give picks, him a question, and you don't get an answer out of the word salad that he gives you. And he only, and and it's only the media that he approves of, you know, Which CBC, is the same as Trump. <laughs> you know, CBC, CNN, Global. You won't see like Rebel Media or True North Media or no. any. You won't even. I don't even think you'd see National Post or, or you know, the Winnipeg, Toronto Sun, whatever. They're like. He he handpicks the fucking media because it's it's the media that he sponsors. Like yeah. you know, see, it's the media this. that he knows isn't going to give him hardballs, and they're also not going to uh, tear apart his answer and say, "Hey, that's not an answer." Especially if you're the CBC, when you're basically you know a welfare recipient of the yeah. government. You know, <laughs> you get hundreds of millions of dollars from these guys. And then you, you're gonna you're not gonna fucking paint him in a bad light and risk getting defunded. That's right. But yeah, you know, I get I go on Facebook and I see this fucking Trudeau bullshit, and they're all like, "Oh, isn't he so brave?" And I'm like, 
brave <laughs> brave he's a fucking sellout and a phony and a yeah you know he's a cuck to communist china he fucking china can do no wrong in in his eyes and it's like they're they're <laughs> he's you know, a cuck well, to the un too and to the like, middle it, east every other country hey every other country uh, since since word got out that, that Huawei had this spyware, all these countries were fucking, you know, started banning selling Huawei products. Yeah. And him, he's like, come on in, boys. Yeah, give me one of them phones. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, and then like, uh, you know, working with the Chinese government, you know, he gave them money for a vaccine program and apparently, if they come up with a, a good vaccine, he's going to have Chinese military doctors come here and and test it out on Canadian citizens. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's a good idea, Justin. Oh, yeah. you know, bad enough they own half of Canada. They bought all the prime real estate in Toronto and Vancouver, but yeah. they whatever. You, know, let, you let them spy on us. So what you know? What's the difference? Just have them move on in. Yeah. And he's selling the oil fields to Saudi Arabia. So, hey, you know, we're doing great. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we're, we're a, I, I try telling people, we're a failed state. We're a communist state. We're not a democracy. Yeah. You know, like, he, he's putting restrictions on free speech and censorship of this and that. Yeah. Gun, gun grabs. Oh, I mean, that gun grab drives me nuts. Yeah. Just just the way he pushed it through without any parliamentary procedure just yeah, who, makes me livid. How does he get away with that? Like that's and, but that shows how limp wristed our uh, our opposition parties are. Yeah. And that's the that's the other problem with Canada is Mind you, you see what uh the, there's uh one uh opposition member and I can't remember his name now, but there's one uh conservative. He says if he gets elected as uh, prime minister He's not only is he going to repeal that gun ban, but he's also going to try and dial back Canada's gun laws and make it a little easier for people to start buying guns again. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll need him at the. We'll need him at that point because yeah. by then, by then the communist Chinese they'll just be rolling the tanks in. They'll yeah. they'll, they'll dock at none of it or somewhere in the Arctic, and they'll just start fucking unloading the troops and the trucks and yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll need guns by then. <laughs> you know, if not if not from them, maybe the Russians. It seems like our Arctic waters now are are free for all between the Russians and the, the states. Yeah, we don't have the hard ass ministers like we used to have. No, no, no. It's a it's a real shit show. This country of ours. Uh, it's funny, like uh, you know, that's why I, I as much of a gong show as uh, the United States can be. At least they're the they're the last of the Mohicans, if you will, as far as being uh, liberty and free and patriotic, you know, to an extent. Yeah, like to a degree. <laughs> yeah, to the like now they're having this civil war, you know, being perpetuated from the left leftists and the radicals. Yeah. But at least they still have the means if if they want to go rogue and go militia, they got the guns. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, that they do. 
the libertarians and the patriots and whatever they they got the rednecks they got the guns and yeah. they get pushed too far you know johnny granola head there with the with the man bun and his fucking <laughs> fat girlfriend with the green mohawk won't be too hard to fucking pick them off you nope. can come a mile away Ding! aim for the mohawk and go a little low <laughs> yeah. and with them and with them you know they're probably uh, weak from all the soy and uh, you know their vegan diets there yeah. so you just have to graze them and they'll bleed out from the from the speaking wound. of uh, shooting people I, uh, I I sent you a text there last night I finally finished watching the hateful eight that was a, an interesting movie. It, it turned out to be pretty good. I, you know, I had a hard time watching it in the beginning because Tim Roth's character was just driving me nuts. I just yeah, couldn't stomach it. You know, this fucking, <laughs> fucking British guy in the middle of the fucking... Yeah, and you could tell it was a fake British accent. I mean, for one thing, we know that Tim Roth isn't British, so you know right away it's a fake British accent. But it's just, it was like Tarantino wanted you to know that it was a fake British accent and it just, yeah. it was just turning my stomach, you know, but, yeah. uh, I started watching it again last night and I was like, okay, you know, now most of that's over that the introductory part. Now we don't have Tim Roth talking as much. I can get into this, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tim Roth. I think he's a great actor, but I just didn't like that particular, that particular part. It just, didn't sit with me well. <laughs> well, just the the movie itself, though that was the, just the whole the, the whole yeah. atmosphere. The, Sam you know, the, Jackson sure she seems to be getting the shit end of the stick from Tarantino in his movies, eh? The he way dies. he died in uh, Django Unchained, and then the way he basically dies in Hateful Eight, and when <laughs> he gets, gets he shot gets in the nuts. <laughs> Don't forget about uh, was it uh, Foxy Brown or whatever? No, I Jackie. I haven't watched Jackie Brown yet. I've got it on my Netflix playlist, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, he, he, he's got a role in that one, and he bites the bullet in that one, too. Uh, yeah, but, Tarantino just wants to kill Sam Jackson, apparently. <laughs> but you see, a lot of these directors, eh, they have their favorites, and with Tarantino, you're guaranteed to see uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And in his recent and then in recent movies, you're seeing uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, because he he was in the Hateful Eight, and he had a cameo in uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was also oh, yeah. in he was also in Death Proof. Yeah. Uh, was the 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 B side movie from? Uh, I love Kurt Russell. I've always loved his acting. Well, I loved him in that hockey movie, uh, Miracle the Miracle on Ice. Uh, I loved him. Meeting him in person didn't hurt. <laughs> oh, you met him. Oh, I, I never, never told you about that. Oh, no. helped him launch the boat. No way. <laughs> yeah, him, him and Goldie were uh, down at the harbor. I don't think they have their boat here anymore. The last couple of years, but for the longest time, they always had a boat here in the harbor because uh, they've got kids in Timmins and they like fishing on Lake Superior and shit like that. And Thunder Bay's got the biggest uh, harbor front in the area for that kind of thing. Eh? Like their boat wouldn't, wouldn't be very safe in Fort Francis or anything like that. So they were keeping it in Thunder Bay all the time. And uh, me and a buddy of mine were uh, launching his sailboat one day and the boat ahead of us, the guy was having trouble launching it and went to see if we could give him a hand with it and it was Kurt Russell. 
and he oh. was by himself because Goldie was in the truck drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we gave him a hand and helped him launch the boat and all that, you know. <laughs> Never mind Goldie. How about Goldie's daughter there? Uh, what's it? And she's an actress there. What the hell's her name now? She was married to. Uh, well, you would you would know her if I if I remembered her name there. But she's done a lot of big movies. Uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter. She was married to the lead singer of the Black Crows. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were married and had kids. Uh, they're not together anymore. But she's a complete smoke show. Just an absolute dime piece. What the fuck? Just Google. Uh, yeah, Goldie Hawn's daughter. I'll do my uh, young Jamie impression here and look it up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not quite the Joe Rogan experience, boy. I wish we were. <laughs> the money, if I had a, if I had a millionth of the money, they, those assholes, huh? Kate Hudson. There you go, Kate yeah. Hudson. You look up pictures yeah, Kate of her. Hudson, Oliver Hudson, and Wyatt Russell. Yeah, she is a smoke show. That's cool. They named their son Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, after Kurt Russell played Wyatt Earp. Yeah, Tombstone, <laughs> tombstone or whatever yeah. Yeah, movie. Yeah. But you look at pictures of her, like fucking, you know, real petite. She's got nothing up top, but she's got an ass that would just, just complete hourglass. I'm just looking for... Uh... Yeah, 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 you're looking at her picture, I know. <laughs> no, actually, I'm looking to see when Wyatt Russell was born. 1986. So I think... I don't think Tombstone was out yet in 86. No, it was came it? out in the 90s, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Late 90s, even. Uh, my favorite Kurt Russell movie, though, of all time, The Thing. Oh, yeah, that was John awesome. John Carpenter's the thing, yeah. And I, I didn't mind the remake, but it still wasn't uh, to me the the original was just the best. John Carpenter's original of the thing. She does look a lot like Goldie, eh? Oh yeah, like you could see it, like just. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just looking up at, uh, at what she's been in. And yeah, I she's been... actually haven't seen anything she's been in. But I know yeah. I know the names. I recognize the names of the movies. I just haven't seen any of them. I'm pretty sure she was in a movie with Matthew McConaughey. She she usually does a lot of these chick flick type of movies. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There well, we're having little, yeah enough of that lull in the action. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, but yeah, the Kurt Russell, uh, the the thing, that was my favorite. I've never seen him really in a bad movie. No. You know, Escape, even the old classic Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, he, he hasn't had very many movies where he's died either, though, which he did in Hateful Eight. Because basically everybody died in Hateful Eight. <laughs> boy, boy, yeah, that was that was yeah. that was basically another Reservoir Dogs in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Except and we didn't have Steve Buscemi making it out alive to get arrested. <laughs> but how about that fucking like typical Tarantino, the gore and the Oh yeah. <laughs> like uh, when uh when Kurt Russell's 
figures out the spoiler alert when he realizes he's been poisoned yeah. and he just starts barfing, barfing blood in her face there. Oh, yeah. just, <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> and, and you know who that chick was? That was Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, yeah? Didn't yeah, recognize he, he, her. I know, up. like, <laughs> you know, she's she's another one, like, fucking a natural beauty. I like how Sam then, Jackson's character shot her brother. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, but, though. Ah, getting, how do you like that, bitch? <laughs> but getting to her, like, like the, the deal with her, like, you know, most movies, she's pretty glam looking. She really did a good job, you know, portraying herself as this scraggly redneck. Yeah backwoods and yeah yeah that was that was almost as good as uh the makeup was done really well with her especially the dried blood where he had beat her a few times in the coach and (laughs) yeah punched her in the face and she just she smiles as she's spitting blood out that's the one thing i loved about the scene when sam jackson shoots her brother because every other thing that happened to her, you know, Kurt Russell beats her, beats the shit out of her and everything. And every time she's smiling, she's laughing, she's spitting blood, she's spitting her teeth at him. He shoots her brother and she's just horrified. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, that finally got your attention, eh? <laughs> yeah, that was... That was wicked. Oh, that movie was awesome. And just the whole atmosphere, the snowstorm. Say goodbye to your huevos. <laughs> the, next, the next movie re- review. Remember that was, when he was underneath? The, the scene where they show the guy underneath? Say goodbye to your huevos. <laughs> yeah. Blows his balls off. Yeah. Uh, did, <laughs> and and his, his screaming in that scene reminded me of him when he played in uh, Django Unchained screaming as he was burning to death in that movie you know <laughs> yeah the other the other tarantino movie you got to do a review of is that once upon a time in hollywood i've seen it already we got to get you to see it yeah to me it, i put it right up there with the joker is one of the best best movies of the year for 20 uh well 2019 slash 2020 it was fucking fantastic like just yeah. the whole portrayal of the his 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 version of of you know what would happen if the Manson family's plans had been thwarted by you yeah. know a B a list movie actor and his stuntman buddy living yeah. next living next door to the tents and uh, you know and just the whole backdrop of the these uh, Hollywood uh, conspiracies and stories and yeah. I love the part there's a part in there. Uh, Brad Pitt's character, he plays the stunt guy, and they show how he got himself blacklisted by the A- A-list movies. So he was doing a doing a gig for uh, the Green Hornet. And oh Bruce, yeah, and he gets into that fight with Bruce Lee. I've seen that clip. <laughs> and yeah, that was and yeah, because and because he basically uh, held his own, if not kicked the shit out of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was like Bruce Lee's like, get this fucking guy off. He, he ain't working here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then they kind of there was a, a couple interesting things like uh, because these events happen later. He 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 likes to twist a lot of stuff together from other other genres and other fables and stuff. Like, do you remember uh, the story about uh, Natalie Wood drowning? Yeah. 
and it was like Christopher Walken and Robert, or what was the name of the, the actor that Natalie Wood was with? Uh, fuck, he was in, uh, he was in uh, those Michael Myers movies there as the, as the, that evil henchman guy there. Oh, it's going to yeah, bug me. I don't me. remember. But anyway, so Nat, there was Natalie Wood, her her uh, her boyfriend who was an actor, and Christopher Walken. And in real life, she wound up drowned. But the, the, the thing was, they were out on this boat drinking together, and she winds up drowning in, in, the, in the ocean. And the thing is, she couldn't swim. She had a fear of the water. So what was she doing in the water? And so there was this conspiracy, which one of those two yahoos, Christopher Walken or, uh, I keep wanting to say Robert Yurick, but it wasn't Robert Yurick. It was Wagner. Robert Wagner. Thank you. For years, everyone had figured because they had a pretty uh, heated relationship. It was like they were either fighting or fucking from all accounts. And here's Christopher Walken, who was a drinking buddy of theirs. And supposedly some sort of uh, lover's triangle thing was going on. Wagner and Walken have a fight on the boat. And then later that night, she ends up in the drink. And yeah. the, so who, who put her, who tossed her in the drink is what the... So you go to the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and this is supposed to be taking place in like that late 60s early 70s deal right but yet they kind of use that story so the stuntman brad pitt he's basically like christopher walken because they had this whole or like robert wagner because they had this the whole story on brad pitt's character the stuntman is you know the the legend behind his character is that he got away with murdering his wife and Oh, okay. And he he murdered her on his boat out in the ocean. Yeah. And then you see at one of the scenes... And I'm just looking it up here. The uh, date of her death was uh, 81. Yeah. So it couldn't have been back then. But here's Tarantino. He always likes to twist. Yeah. So he's taking that story, but he's rewinding it back. Yeah. And he's putting it on Brad Pitt's character that, hey, he got away with murdering his wife and they show him reminiscing about his wife being this stuck up model or actress chick and he just came up from spear fishing and she's there you know in her bikini cigarette and she's like you know telling him what a piece of shit loser he is and this and that and he's got the spear gun in his hand and, <laughs> and you see him kind of you just see him kind of pondering and yeah. then they and then that's it, like, cut. <laughs> they leave it to your imagination how, you know, what nice. transpired. Like, she's pushing his buttons, and he's kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole movie, you know, the whole deal with his character is that he's a violent, violent motherfucker, but, yeah. you know, he's capable of great violence, but he just likes to fucking chill out with uh, uh, DiCaprio's character. Right. Uh, his, his actor buddy. Because he's a stunt double for all of his movies, and their whole thing is they're drinking buddies, and they just like like hanging out and smoking weed and drinking and getting shit faced. Yeah, and uh, and then going for car rides around the Hollywood Hills, <laughs> and 
Yeah, I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole, but uh, we got to get you to watch this movie anyways. Yeah, it's, definitely. They got Cameo, they got like a Mamas and the Papas, Playboy Mansion, Steve McQueen. There's all these references and yeah. cameos. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat movie. And then, the, of course, it always Tarantino movies have to end with the big violent uh, oh, climax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love that part. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, that's as good a point as any to uh, cut her off for this week. Yeah, are we already at that. Uh, yeah, we're we're over an hour now, so we're doing good. Yeah, on. Yeah, so we'll uh, call her there for this week and uh, do this again next week. Yeah, sounds like a plan, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely you know imagine what could happen you know week in the next week ahead, eh? Yeah, maybe I'll watch uh, Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah, that and, and, uh, and who knows what'll happen with you around the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I could be a week from now. I could be uh, we could be skyping from my jail cell. That's where, right. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I, I I bludgeoned to death some fucking low life that was trying to break into my house. Or yeah, it wouldn't be know. the first time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't speak of uh, of this. Uh, you know. I mean, this isn't just coming off the top of my head. This, this is the kind yeah, of shit that this has happens. actually happened. Not the bludgeoning yeah. to death, but the breaking into your house. <laughs> well, and, and the bludgeoning, just not the death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got this. So next next episode, I'll have to dig it up. I, it's my. I don't. I don't own a firearm at the moment, but I've got this lovely oak table leg yeah. that has like a nice, perfect handle grip on it. And it's it's super thick, and just one good crack on the forearms an arm breaker. So just imagine what it would do to like a, you know the skull, the kneecap. Yeah. Get so, a good uh, swing on that thing. And a guy my size and the torque I could put on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't envy any uh, any scrawny meth head piece of garbage thinking he's got an easy score at this address. <laughs> let me tell you. No, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess that'll be it for us for today, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Ooh, yeah! Hey, Susan Wojcicki!